Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It is Wednesday, December 30th. We're almost Woo! at the end of this glorious year known as 2020. Um, although I'm at a point in time where I always think that uh, these days the next year can get worse. So I was just going to say it can get worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, 2020 well, is January, over. January will get worse. Everything's automatically going to be great. Uh, yeah. That other disembodied voice you're hearing talking to me is John Aravosis, my co-host here. Woo! Disembodied. And now I'm your voice. Yes. Uh, just for the hell of it. Um, hey, John, how are you? I am pretty good, I think. Yeah. yeah. Just, well, I'm, 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 I'm retrospecting the year in my head a little bit. Um, feeling okay at the end of the year, for some, even though New Year's never means anything to me. I, 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 Christmas is my love. New Year's, I've always felt like fake holiday. Yes. Um, you know? So wait, you you feel like New Year's is a fake holiday? Yeah, I've never felt like New Year's was a real holiday. I, especially New Year's Eve, I'm like, oh, we're counting down to the fake. Ho-. It's like counting down to Festivus or something. I'm like, okay. No, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it just feels. I've kind of always, to be honest with you, felt that way about my birthday, where I'm just like, or anybody's birthday, where it's like, yeah, birthdays. I still wish day. him a happy birthday because we're supposed to do that, but it's like you just happened to pop out that day. Yeah, you didn't really do anything. Well, you know what? It's actually okay to get really weird. It's like when someone compliments you for. Actually, for almost anything you haven't done, it could be complimenting you for your looks. In my case, like people talk about, oh my God, you just have the best hair. And you're kind of like, thank you. Um, Mom, dad, Greek genes going back 10 generations. I mean, mean, it's weird. I don't know why, but it makes me uncomfortable a little because I feel like I haven't done anything to achieve the hair. (laughs) And I think intelligence works that way. Like you're so smart or... Or you're so pretty. I can imagine like for women too. Like, so it says you're pretty. Right. You're kind of like, I would imagine you'd be like, oh, maybe it's also a hang up. I, I get it sometimes because uh, I guess I've you got know? very, very like light blue eyes and, or whatever pretty they eyes. are. Yeah. And so I get that a lot too. And that I'm, I'm always sort of like, that's nice. But um, you well, know. you know, and maybe that's our hang up too, though. I mean, maybe normal people who are well adjusted simply go, oh, that's sweet that you like me. You know what I mean? Like maybe oh, we're weird. I, I, no, we I don't, I don't always appreciative. I'm like, anybody compliments me in any way. I just don't want, I guess I've always been uncomfortable with anybody making a big deal about me in any way, oh, which okay. is tough because we're, we're in a business where we're supposed to be like making a big exactly. deal about ourselves all the time. So, you know, and I'm not saying, I don't know what, I just think it's the way I was brought up, you know? That's and, what I mean. Uh, it, it may be just almost an insecurity or uh, actually, you know what it is? It's that, is it Dunning-Kruger or is that a genetic disease? Um, What's the one where people, it's like, both sides, people who suck like Trump think they're the best. And people who are people who excel at things always think they're posers. Yep. There's people who are really good at what they do in the back of their head. They're always going, God, am I like really supposed to be here? I mean, like, so, why, by why the way, I, yeah, John, we were going to get to what we we're talking about today, but there's actually kind of a breaking story right now. Uh, uh, um, treason, uh, if no you will. More? Yeah. Uh, and you may know more about what this means exactly because hmm. you served in the Senate, but Josh Hawley is going to join the objection to the. So a senator is going to do it now, definitively. Such a fucker. And he's just, he's the, the just, oh, and he, he, he's such a clown and he fools all these people because he, he, he just plays Mr. Populist all the time. He jumps in yeah. and he wants $2,000 yeah. to go to everybody and all that sort of stuff. Everybody's like, look, he's a decent guy. And then he pulls this shit. A decent guy. He's the one who ran, okay, uh, Senator, Republican Senator of Missouri beat uh, Claire McCaskill. Right. So he's been there, what, two years now at this point there. I literally heard on TV this morning say, well, you know, leaders of the party like Josh Hawley. I'm like, he's been a senator for two years. (laughs) He's not a leader of the party. The guy's like 40 years old or something. 
he ran on protecting people with pre-existing conditions because my little boy, three-year-old here, has a major medical condition. I would never do anything to cut pre-existing condition protections. He joined on the lawsuit to strike down Obamacare's pre-existing conditions at the same time and used his freaking son. That's how bad he is. Yeah, so what I want to know now is, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, is what, Hmm. what happens? God, I had written about this. It's confusing as hell um in print i don't know why i didn't swear there it's not supposed to make a difference um because basically this is all supposed to be pro forma the problem becomes i'd written a lot about this and talked to a friend of mine at center center for american progress um mike and of course not forgetting his name even though i've known this guy for years um because you put me on the spot um but uh no, you put me on the spot i can ask people on twitter i mean right no i mean basically it goes it, 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 the Congress meets on January 6th, right? House and Senate joint session. Um, the Pence oversees it. Pence's role is supposed to be ceremonial. And they basically open up all the envelopes that come from the states with their electoral votes and their electoral, you know, their electoral docket. And they just read them and say, oh, well, Pennsylvania has this many electoral votes for Biden and you know this many for Trump or whatever it is. And they go through state by state and they add it up. And then they officially say, oh, well, look who's got 270 votes. Biden, he wins. And they that's how it works. You can object. Some Democrats have objected before, too. Remember, I forgot who it was, but one of the well in the, the House, but nobody in this during when anything happened with Al Gore, um, which was you know, kind of understandable, frankly, because it's frankly, not clear who the hell won. It really never was clear who won. Right? But none yeah. of the senators, including Gore himself, because he believed in democracy. Yes. I mean, that was the most incredible. Really, it was a whatever one wants to say about Al Gore, any which way, that was a pretty selfless act because he could have been the one to object. But yeah. what I want to know. Um, what what no. happens, as I recall, Cliff, what happens is I didn't mean to cut you off, but basically what this is what you were going to ask, I'm assuming. Um, what happens is if a senator objects and a House member objects together, you know, like if they uh, forward, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You second each other's objection. Then the issue you're objecting to, which in this case would be an electoral slate from uh, Pennsylvania and also Wisconsin and also Arizona and also Georgia and whoever else we had. Right. Uh, New Mexico. You would then send the issue back. The House would have to meet separately. The Senate would meet separately, and they would debate amongst themselves what to do with these, you know, these electoral slates from these states, right? Yeah. And then they come back together and they let the president of the Senate, the vice president, know what they decided. Well, maybe they simply are deciding and say, well, for example, if the Senate says, well, we voted and we decided, fifty-one of us, fifty-two of us, that these don't count, these these electoral votes. And the House comes and says, well, we're Democrats. We decided they do count. Now you got a bit of a problem <laughs> because Pence is the one that kind of has to decide. Now, Pence is supposed to decide when there's a a, a debate between or a, a, what's the word, a conflict between which electoral slate to adopt and whether you you cede it to the governor. So you say, OK, wh- which slate did the governor send to us? And in this case, the governors all did the right thing. They sent us the real slates. So Pence should rule, well, the governor sent us his slate. Pence doesn't really have to. What if Pence doesn't rule that way? And then Democrats go, what? You just threw those out? Democrats could try to go to court to sue, to stop it from happening. But the judges in the court might say, hey, that is such a congressional prerogative, counting the votes. Right. The, the, the courts don't get involved in how you literally do it in a joint session of Congress. We don't get involved in that. So the courts could say, screw you, go back to the Congress. So now what they want Pence to do is just to throw a 
you know, rhetorical bomb in the middle of everything and say, yep, I agree with the, with the Senate. Now, will 51 senators vote to throw out those electoral votes? Really? Right. Are you going to get right. the, the women and uh, a couple, you know, Toomey and a couple of the guys to agree? Burr? Really? I don't think so. Is, is, so. So really what it comes down to is you're saying then they end up having a vote. They would they would throw it to the Senate would meet separately. The House would they would vote on it. And most likely because the Senate at least has a few sane Republicans, they'd come back and say, nope, the Senate sides with the electoral roster that was sent in by the state. But again, what if we had a freakier, either a, a Republican majority of 60 and we only had five normal Republicans then? Then there could literally be a, a, the old constitutional crisis we talk about. That's what we've all been afraid of. And right. it goes to the courts, and the courts say, no, 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 you've got to resolve it. And then what happens? And I think the key, the key ends up being here is that no matter what the outcome of this is, it's just now one more step towards authoritarianism. It's one yes. more step that yes. delegitimizes our elections in the future. Yes. Because once you, it, it, you know, once you, you've uh, broken down this wall, which he's now done, we can now start assuming that senators will do this every election. Yep. Right. That's the way these Republican things Republican senators, at least, is, is that when nobody when nobody's willing to do something, you know, you're OK. But when the, the moment that that somebody does something like this, as they've been doing now for two months, yeah. practically since the election, these are all things. I mean, you know, yeah, I wish I were optimistic about democracy no. in this country. But, you know, like one thing I can say is right now. You, you know, I, I'm pretty confident still that this will end up okay. But if somebody asked me if I'm I confident that like it'll be okay in ten years, I would tell you I'm not, because they're, they're just we just have a group of people who are going to keep not accepting election results, and we've got they've yeah. got enough control of enough media and propaganda outlets to convince people to still vote for them, even the non-cultists to to, to identify with. I've always been a Republican and vote for them even if they don't like them, so they can still win in many states in meaningful ways and have a lot of senators because the way our system is set up. And I mean, I don't, I don't see the way out of this on the other side. No. I really don't. And it keeps getting nastier too, which, which it right. will be. They've, they've set a new tone. It's going to get worse. I mean, Trump and Don Jr. The rest of them are going to still be around Holly, all these new crazies in the, in the old days. We used to say in the Senate when I was there, like in the late eighties, early nineties, it, we had some crazy senators like uh, what's his face, that idiot from Oklahoma. Um, I'm forgetting who we want. Don uh, Rickles. No, Nichols. <laughs> we always called him Don Rickles, like the comedian, but it was Don Nichols with an N. He was, you know, right wing nut. Actually, very conservative, I would say. Jesse Holmes, who was literally a right wing nut. Right. We had we had several crazies, but the Senate tended to be just more conservative Republicans, not bomb throwers like Hawley and the rest of them. Right. right. Cornyn from Texas. Now you've got uh, Ted Cruz. You've got bomb throwers now. And you've got Mitch being 100 times more evil than normal so that it's it's as you said, well, you know, Cliff, it's what we always talk about. What's going to happen next time? This time might work out OK. But what happens when somebody smarter comes along and they've got a majority of 60 crazy ass senators of Republicans in the Senate? And we've only got five normal, normal Republicans, and they're not enough to stop them from doing the batshit crazy stuff. Yep. Now, this is this is just I just I don't I just don't know anymore. I mean, I just it's and, you know, to some degree, too, this is also an interesting segue. Maybe we should segue to the covid death because it's kind of the same thing. I feel like there's just we're we're entering more and more dangerous territory where we're supposed to sit back and go, it's OK. Let's not exaggerate, you know, because I put kind yep. of his in that same camp. Um, maybe tell people who, who I'm talking so about. Luke Letlow was his name. Hard to pronounce. Uh, Luke Letlow. 
was actually kind of a cool name if you want to be an actor or something. Yeah. Um, he was just elected. He'd be oh, another yeah. Republican. They've got a system in Louisiana where they, um, the top two, kind of like what we're seeing in Georgia, top two after a primary go at a general. So in the end, he ended up, it was such a Republican district. It was just him and another Republican. He won. 41-year-old had been an aide to Bobby Jindal, the former governor. Oh, Jindal, um, yeah. Uh, of of uh, the state, um, I mean, had some other things too. He'd been a staffer for for a Republican congressman. I don't remember yeah, who. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, forty one. As far as we know, no pre existing conditions. Wife um, and kids. Wife and kids. You know, I mean, look, it's it's a horrible story. I, as I say to people, you know, the more I'm looking around, I'm seeing that this man attended numerous of these sort of super spreader events without masks. I haven't come up with any of his statements to see that he was a crazy. You know, one of the craziest right-wing Republicans. I do. Um, I'm sorry. I do have some of the statements. I don't have them. Well, I, I you, if you have yeah. any of them, there, why don't you go ahead and read them? Because, because um, again, this is how I decide my level of sympathy for someone. I would just go ahead and say I will always, always save yeah. my sympathy for people that are the poorest among us, who are essential workers and have to do things like drive buses. They have no choice or serve people in restaurants, and these assholes have come in without masks who put their lives at risk. In other words, you're putting your life at risk because you're serving. In well, essence. and they've killed yeah. some of them because some of them have died. And yeah. so that is where I reserve my sympathy yeah. for in all of this. Um, if Letlow is better than most, I may have to go anywhere between having some sympathy for him to having none at all and just say, I don't take glee in people dying yeah. no matter what. So it, I might just end up with a shrug and say, Yeah. Well, let, let, me tell you, let me tell you where he was on stuff. And then I think we should have a larger discussion on sort of the empathy question, uh, which brings up some other stuff about one of our favorite people to talk about. So, I was doing searching last night at like 1130 at night because the news broke. And he has a large number of tweets lauding Trump's COVID response. Having said that, he lauds, he lauded Trump's COVID response in the sense that Donald Trump is tackling this virus. This is great. It's going to be hard, but we're going to win. So there was actually a, a taking it seriously kind of lauding, right? He wasn't he wasn't going all Jim Jordan and all the rest of them. He actually was saying, this is important. We got to buckle down. It's going to be hard. Then, of course, October hits and he starts arguing against lockdowns. We've got to reopen the economy and all of that, which, you know, is not totally crazy. Right. But it's definitely a right wing meme, but not totally nuts. I mean, I get a lot of small business people and people without jobs are worrying about the economy, losing their restaurants, et cetera. So that, that's not totally crazy. What bothered me was there was an interview in April that I found on YouTube that he did with local, uh, you know, local radio guy or whoever. And the radio guy was a real sort of deny, not a denier, but, uh, you know, a COVID nihilist, you know, the deaths, oh, they're talking about all the dead. There aren't that many dead, you know, we've got deaths right. from other things. It's, it's that old, we've got deaths from other things and they're categorizing people not even dying of COVID is dying from COVID. It was, it's all the conspiracy crap. And he keeps going, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So he's not saying it himself, but he's going, oh yeah. And then the guy said something else along the death side that was really diminishing the deaths. And again, uh, uh, let low said, yeah, 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 you're right. And, and what bothers me is so, he, so he's not the worst. And he did say some good things about, but he's super Trumper, believes what Trump is doing on COVID is great. And right there, I'm sorry, Trump just killed 336,000 Americans. And maybe he didn't kill all of them, but he's responsible for 250,000 of those deaths, probably, according to the studies. Right. Maybe not all of them, but because some people would have died anyway. Um, and as you said, people were going all over his Twitter feed last night and I did as well. And there's event after event after event for his campaign 
where he is not wearing a mask. Occasionally he did, but more often than not, he's maskless and everybody else is maskless in a crowd, which is ridiculously dangerous and ridiculously irresponsible. And, you know, so, I mean, he, I mean, it seems and, like what he did is what, you know, I think I can say with, mm-hmm. with, um, as much evidence how about this to back me up is he was a run-of-the-mill kind of regular republican elected official you know um there are exceptions to this you've seen some of them some of the i mean again moderate is always a relative term in this republican party but you know you're of the, the two or three northeast governors from the republican party and maybe a few members here and there in congress and the you know senate but most of them it seems are just all too happy to show up to these huge indoor rallies without masks, you know, and just, yeah. you know, they, they basically just say, we don't like it. It doesn't fit our conservative ideology, which by the way, there's nothing more conservative in the true sense of the word conservative than being cautious around a new disease that's hitting you and protecting yourself. They are just radical reactionaries who re- reject science. They are not conservative in any positive sense of that word. And so, it just seems like, you know, like throw caution to the wind, which, you know, go out there, hold these rallies. It's why so many people got so pissed at that little, I have a hard time not just cursing, Marco Rubio. Unbelievable. Ugh. Um, he, you know, I mean, he, he sits there closing his little eyes like a fucking baby is getting a damn, you know, getting his vaccine. And then he goes on to start screaming and yelling about how Fauci lied to people and when too many people are getting vaccines. Meanwhile, he's cut the goddamn line. Uh, to get ahead of you know essential workers and, and, and forty nine years old, I checked forty nine and healthy really in that category of getting it first, <laughs> right? And, and and the whole only justification, the only one for him doing that would be if it set a positive example and convinced people. And now with his remarks on Twitter, he's ruined that by yes. questioning whether yes. everybody should get it. So now there's literally zero reason for that fucking pile of shit yes. to have gotten it before people who who are much, at much higher risk of dying. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm sorry, but on some level. And this is the problem with our democracy. And this is the problem when you get to this point, because I'm sorry, like, I want to get along with everybody. I don't want to be angry. But how much do you take? How many people do you watch die? How many stupid policies do you watch enacted before you get enraged with these people and you actually really do in some ways want to hurt them, whether it's emotionally, whether it's whatever. I'm not talking about a revolution, but you want to see them suffer because they're fucking awful people. I mean, I don't know. What else, I, you know, look, I, I, I'm one. You know, three hundred four thousand. Are we at now? Three hundred twenty? I don't even know. Oh, no, three hundred thirty-six thousand dead. I, one of them was a cousin of mine. You know, yeah. she was older and My lived a great life, but she might still be alive if it were yeah. if they'd taken this seriously when it came in. I mean, at what point do you not become so fully fucking enraged? My first cousin's you, husband died New Year's Eve of COVID. He was sixty-three years old. New, New Year's Eve. I mean, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. I'm Christmas Eve. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he was I'm a doctor. He, he was in. Yeah, no, it just happened. He was an ENT. I mean, I didn't know him well, but, you know, I met him, um, but they live in Oklahoma. But um, ENT, practicing, so he very well could have gotten it at work, got sick six weeks ago. His ch- Long story, of course, the local hospital kept turning him away. You know, we're, we're too crowded, A. guess. By the way, guess what happens when hospitals are too crowded? They start to triage, and they decided he wasn't sick enough. This is, I mean, it's, it's the perfect example of what we what people about. don't get about all this stuff is, is, you know, you're right. Part of it's and he's a doctor and he knew he was sick enough and whatever. But but you yeah. also may get triaged out if you're just having like a heart problem or a, I mean, when when hospitals are filled with people with covid, 
everybody who has everything else gets triaged out too. And some of those things can be deadly if they're not taken care of. If you're, if you're not as bad as the guy in a ventilator, you're not going to get as much attention. So they turned him away and anyway, a very long story. But once he got into the hospital, they treated him horribly. They didn't, you know, they, he had pneumonia. It was horrible. He, and again, the whole time he's awake. So he knows, and he's like, I think I'm starting to have heart problems. So he diagnoses himself having heart problems and says, that's it. Get me out of here. Get me to the heart hospital. They went to a heart specialty hospital. The hospital found out that he had sepsis really bad, you know, which is like oh. infection of your body. I mean, really bad. And that's where they finally decided to put him on a ventilator. They had to do ECMO, which is the lung bypass because you're in. Anyway, it was clear basically that he was going to die and he did. And I mean, it's just, you know, you just, ugh, whatever in any case, but, but can you get back to this? I guess the reason I wanted to bring up Letlo was not just that people are talking about it, but I fear people are going to do the same bullshit they did with Herman Cain, where we're all supposed to put politics aside and lament how sad it is that a young man in his prime with a wife and kids has died. And we're all supposed to say really good things about him when he supported a president whose policies led to his death. <laughs> I mean... Right. Or actually, when I say led to his death, I mean led to these deaths, right? We don't know that he wouldn't have died anyway, right? Even if uh, Joe Biden were president, right? But 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 we know by these studies that two thirds, three quarters of the people who died wouldn't have died if we had a responsible administration. And this guy was defending Trump, who was doing horribly and who was responsible for killing so many people. And now, and not wearing a mask, and just like Herman Cain, we're supposed to put all of that aside and say, "Oh, let's not cast blame." Right. And now a word from our sponsors. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, knows everyone deserves to be happy. And so many people are struggling right now. BetterHelp wants to provide professional help with ease. You'll never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. They assess your needs with a few questions and match you with a licensed professional board-certified therapist. Start communicating in under 24 hours, connecting in a safe, private online environment. Send a message to your counselor and receive a timely response. Schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever is most comfortable for you. Anything you share is confidential. If you want to try a new therapist, it's simple and free to switch. BetterHelp says they are more affordable than traditional online or offline counseling, that is, and financial aid is available. Start living a happier life today. You'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash sexyliberal. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health by going to betterhelp.com slash sexyliberal and receive 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash sexyliberal. Now, just for our listeners, the Clean Phone, the top brand in UV sanitizing, is offering their top-rated, top-selling, best-reviewed wand product at 50% off and two-day free shipping. The Clean Phone wand is a handheld UV sanitizer that helps you eliminate 99.9% .9 of bacteria and kill viruses in seconds on virtually any surface. It uses the same proven sanitizing technology employed by hospitals. Use it on packages, groceries, keyboards, tablets, and even money. Take it with you everywhere. At 50% off and free two-day shipping for a limited time, it's the perfect gift for anyone who needs it. It's a super portable, and within days of battery life, you can take it anywhere and make sure your environment is clean and safe. COVID cases are on the rise. Get the Clean Phone Wand at 50% off now, and they'll take 60% off a second wand. It's a great holiday gift for family and friends. Go to thenewdealshop.com. That's thenewdealshop.com. And now back to our show. Right. Now you want to read the tweet from our buddy? Which 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 of our many buddies? I texted it to you, the Glenn tweet. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that was the one. F. 
Sorry. I mean, I can read it if it's too hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Where, hold on. I always like to give you the Glenn tweets because you're so particular <laughs> in that well, regard. Because I loathe him. I mean, I feel the same way about him as I do about these Republicans. I mean, anybody who's sort of a, a bully on social media and harms people, yeah. I hate. I yeah. can't help it. So <clears throat> Molly Jongfast, who we've had on the show before as a we friend, love. just said very innocently here, he died of coronavirus yesterday at 41 years old. Wow. That sounds like a complete attack on his character, doesn't it, John? Well, well and, and actually, I'm sorry, but tell what the, the tweet that she tweeted. She was about Luke Letlow, who we were just talking about. No, no, what I mean is she retweeted one of Letlow's tweets that simply said, our economy is vital to the future. We've got COVID oh, right. under control. Basically said, we've got COVID under control. And if we don't open up our economy, we're in real danger. She simply retweeted that and said he died of COVID yesterday at 41. That's all right. she said. I think it was, she did that for the effect of like, this isn't normal. And oh my, you know, this can happen to anybody. I mean, I get what she was getting at there. Well, that that ball of, of mental illness known as Glenn Greenwald, who wakes up in the morning and wants to punch his mirror because he hates himself clearly, um, responds and has to project onto other people like he always does. And, and this smug football spiking glee over Luke Letlow's death at 41 is one of the most repulsive things I've seen on this site. By the way, that's always a Glenn trick. It's all, everything is always one of the most repulsive, disgusting, horrible, you know. And um, spiking the football. She didn't spike the football. It's, it's like Trump, too. Right. It's, it's a lie upon a lie. Yeah. Celebrating, celebrating death is repugnant in all cases, but he wasn't a COVID denier. Urging that the cost of isolation and economic ruin be considered isn't denialism. Well, again, he wasn't a denier, but it, and I haven't gone deeply into it, but I trust my my co-host here, John, who has seen these things and said this, which is that apparently um, that that uh, he what is it was at numerous rallies not wearing yeah. a mask with a lot yeah. of people indoors. I'm sorry. Then what you are doing is you're ignoring the. It's like saying. Um, uh, here I'm going to go in. We're you know we need to get to this place in two hours uh, in my car. I'm going to go quickly. I'm sitting in the front seat, but I'm not going to put on my seatbelt. You know, like you're purposely choosing to put yourself in a position to die of something. It doesn't mean that I want you to die, and it doesn't mean that that like I'm sitting here gleefully saying it. But I mean, I'm sorry. There are people that have done nothing but their fucking jobs and have died from that because other people will not wear masks. This guy perpetuated further this culture of. It's all overblown. It's no big deal. Masks aren't necessary because if they were and you were taking it as seriously as you take other basic precautions we learn about, like, I don't know, stopping your fucking car at a stop sign, you know, then you would wear a mask. And he didn't. And so, um, you know, conservatives are always the ones who believe in accountability. This is the ultimate accountability. He didn't listen to doctors. He didn't listen to scientific advice. He got COVID and he died. You know, I wouldn't wish for it, but I'm sorry. Like, you know, but Glenn's a piece of shit who, you know, lives in his little mansion in Brazil and 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 spends all of his time attacking liberals and Democrats and whatever, because either he's on Putin's payroll or because he just is so mentally ill that, you know, Rachel Maddow stopped inviting him on MSNBC and that led him to go to war against everybody because he's the kind of narcissist Trump is. And, you know, so he's got to sit there and, you know, and sit there in his little mansion with all, all the money he, he earned by by uh, writing like his scribbling idiocy for the uh, intercept, uh, which then got rid of him, thankfully. Uh, and, and he has to attack people. And I, I can't stand bullies. So I get really pissed off. So that Molly can't handle herself. And Molly has plenty of followers. But Molly's also a friend of mine, you know, and I just. Are you still okay, and I and that's usually when I get involved with Glenn. I don't follow Glenn. I try to ignore the fact that Glenn's alive. 
You know, he's just he's 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 just uh, he's a waste of space. He's like when you've ever if you've ever had an angry, you know, uh, toxic narcissist in your life of any sort, all they do is say like we ever had an angry boil. Well, no, yeah, that too. All they do is just they they just listen on your foot. Yes. They just cause misery wherever they go. Like if you listen to the people that had to edit him, you know, Walter Shapiro at the, at Salon, Joan Walsh, who was one of the ones who helped him get a gig oh, there. God. Joan they, didn't they edit all, him. They all they all hate they all hate him because he's he was such an angry. unbelievable he's asshole to deal. He's just an awful angry. person. He's very angry. An awful awful person. Well, but, but so, like, yeah, let's go back to quickly. So I, most of the time I don't see his stuff. Because I don't follow him, I don't want to do them. But man, when I see him pick on friends of mine who make innocent statements like the one she did, I just feel like punching him in the fucking nose. I mean, and so I'll probably go and respond, you know? Yeah, go. But I mean, but I the reason I just wanted to bring it up was I think it is an interesting discussion because I um I do have mixed feelings when people like Donald Trump get COVID. You know, when people who are super Trump supporters, which this guy certainly was, who refused to wear a mask a lot at public events with old people and older people. He absolutely should have been wearing a mask. He didn't. Um, and I just retweeted several of the photos. It's cl- it's clear on its face while campaigning in the last few months, did not wear masks. Uh, once he did, I did see one photo, but most of the photos, there's no masks. I, I just, I, God, I, I, I think because we're liberals, we know what they would do, Cliff, right? If one of our people died after literally downplaying this virus this whole time and 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 supporting, mind you, he said that Donald Trump's efforts were great on COVID. So you're supporting the guy who actually killed all these people. If it was our guy, they would be right. mocking this person left and right. But that's who they are. They would spit on their grave. That's who they are. No, we're, I mean, we're not them. Right? So we're not. We, we need to learn how to fight as hard as they do in the political arena. We, I cannot we, have sympathy for people like this. I cannot. And I will not. I will not have empathy. I will not have sympathy. I will feel sorry for his wife. I will feel sorry for his children. But I, I guess, I mean, you know, as a good Christian, I'm supposed to feel pity for him, I guess. But I am, if anything, I'm angry at him. I am angry that he let himself die. That's what bothers me. I really, right. and it's something I get into trouble for, but I don't like, it's a concept in the law. Um, I forget, it's not aggravated negligence. I forget what we call it now, but it's basically a contributory negligence where, yes, you know, the bike I had on my sidewalk tripped you. But you decided for fun to walk around the block with your eyes closed (laughs) when you tripped on my bike. So I was negligent, but you were negligent, too. I don't like it when people are blatantly negligent with this, because basically he wasn't being a COVID denier, but he kind of was by not wearing a mask. Right. You know, that's what bothers me. You know, and then you die. and There's being one of the worst. There's being like Rand Paul level bad. Again, like we actually know how to do these things called, we actually know how to do these things on this podcast called nuance and context and the rest. There aren't just two, two sort of, you know, teams here for lack of a better word. There isn't just everybody doing the right thing and everybody doing the the, the wrong thing and being as horrible as possible. There's many shades of in between. And from what you're saying about him and from what I, I've seen, which is limited, I admit, at this point, no, it doesn't seem like he was on the level of, of Rand Paul, <laughs> one of these awful, like, deni- deniers. And, he still or people wear mask, who was, he still mask wearer. Right, but he was somebody who didn't wear masks to large rallies. He was somebody who praised Donald Trump, who, like, 
literally has it has blood on his hands for the number of people who are dead who let this happen and is still letting it happen because we're looking at now you know the fact that that we were hoping by the end of this year they were saying or the end of trump's term i think they said to have 20 million people vaccinated we're at 2 million why is that trump gave no money or plan to the states just like just like everything in the best he's busy golfing and doing all the bullshit that donald trump does his lazy motherfucker who never has wanted to do his job because it takes thinking and planning and all the things trump can't possibly do did you see the promise that, too? you better hope you come from a state that has competent leadership because did you see that they changed the promise as well on the 20 million it was 20 million vaccines, as you said. Now, Pence came out today and said, we kept our promise. 20 million vaccines delivered. Right, exactly. It was 20 million vaccinations by, by New Year's. They changed it. Right. Because there's only um, been 2 million, and right, we're not going to be anywhere near. We have to have, you know, we have to have 300 million people vaccinated for this thing to work. Right. So that's kind of, my, you know, that's that was, that was sort of what I was getting at, which is, you know, in the end, um, you know, this guy's praising him. And frankly, there's a very good chance this guy is dead because of him. You've been listening to a free excerpt of the Unprecedented podcast. To hear the rest of the show and hear all of our past shows and support our work as independent media, please go to patreon.com slash unprecedented podcast and become a subscriber for as little as $5 a month. You can have all of our old episodes, see all of our Zoom interviews, and support the great work that we hope you think we're doing promoting the democratic and liberal agenda. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. See you next episode.